wow after you take a shower and we only deal with the real it feels so surreal having a show featuring ordinary people doing extraordinary things within the community like raising funds for charity fighting for diversity inclusion dispelling myths and illusions raising health awareness tremendous conscious athletes marathoners and triathletes making a difference combating ignorance mm. behind the wheel you know the deal So go ahead, do it like a five, four, three, two, one countdown, and we'll um, we'll go. Okay. So five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host Derek Baby Ox, Baby O D Rock D Livingstone, and today we got a special guest. She's originally from Mississippi, now residing in Brooklyn. Give it up for Cheryl Donald. How are you doing today, Cheryl? Good morning. I'm doing great. Good morning. Whew. A little technical difficulties. I don't know what's, I'm going to have to let those guys go in the, uh, in the tech department. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, we have to check those resumes again. Yeah, yeah, right. You should have probably did that before we brought them on board. But, oh, it is a pleasure to have you here. Um, I wanted to get you on. You know, you, you recently off of a, a couple of uh, wins in the running circuit. So, you know, for those people who are not familiar with you, won't you just kind of bring them up to date, let them know a little bit about you. And um, yeah, let's get into it. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know where to start. I'm a Brooklyn runner. So I run BK is my hashtag. So maybe people have seen that. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, I did uh, the Bed-Stuy 5K. Mm-hmm. and came in third place on that. So very excited about that, to run on the home turf and play in the rain. Three. In the rain, yes, you were there. It was an awful uh, day, but it was, <laughs> you know, it was great. Turnout was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a little bit of fan support out there, so that helped push us through, and running through the neighborhood is always fun, so it was great. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with that run. Mm. Um, and then the next one was the Brooklyn Mile. I got my Brooklyn Mile shirt on. Okay, I got my Brooklyn half shirt on. Okay. (laughs) So great minds think alike on a Monday morning. Um, So that one was a great race also. I ran in the uh, women's masters. So I'm over 40 and uh, came in sixth place there. So excited about that. Yeah, so it's been a good couple of weeks for me on the short distances, but back to marathon training. Got you. And what what marathon are you on currently? Uh, Currently training for New York City and Philadelphia. Okay, Philly. Okay. Mm -hmm. My first time with Philly, so I'm excited about that one. I'm excited for New York, of course, but Mm Philly is going to be something new, so I'm excited. It'll be my 10th marathon in Philly. Your 10th. Woo! Have you Mm -hmm. done um, New York before? Uh, This will be my third time doing New York this year. Yeah, so my first one was in 16. I did last year, and then this will be my third for New York City. Cool. That's all right, man. Mm -hmm. And how do you you manage to get in back consecutively, back-to-back? Uh, the marathons? Yes, in, in New York. Uh, well, I, I have the privilege of living in New York City. So um, when you live in New York, you have the opportunity to do the 9 plus 1. The 9 plus 1, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we okay. do the 9 plus 1 and, you know, get in every year, knock on wood. So we try to be strategic with that. So if you mm-hmm. are local, you can do some of those uh, smaller New York Roadrunner races, the 4-milers, the 5Ks, save a little coins on those. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, we always do the borough series races. So those uh, four or five will count toward the nine as well. Gotcha. How yeah, long have you so, been running now? Uh, people ask me that all the time. So I've been running, you know, casually, 
most of my life just to kind of maintain weight and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, started doing long distances um, in 2014 was my first half marathon. The Brooklyn half was my first half in 14. Okay. Yeah. So usually no more than like five to six. And then with the Brooklyn half, I started getting into, you know, the double digits. And so I would officially say that was my first long race. Gotcha. And from there, you, 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 um, I, I seen a couple of commercials with, with you. Uh, I'm like, she's like a rock star. Yeah. My 15 minutes of fame is almost up. Right. <laughs> no, no, those are like minute. Those are like minutes. So you still might, you might have, it was like a couple of commercials. So you have to, you got, there were minute clips. You've got like, you know, 13 minutes of fame to go. So, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to milk that for every, everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fun. So, um, a little bit of the background with those is that I run with the Brooklyn track club here in Brooklyn and that's coached by coach Steve Finley, who is a Nike coach. Okay. And so Nike wanted to, they actually reached out to Coach Finley and, and let him know that they wanted to do a, a focus on the women of Brooklyn Track Club, which we thought was pretty cool. So he asked if I would be willing to participate in the commercial. So it's a social media commercial for the new Nike Zoom Pegasus shoe that's Ooh. out now. Okay. Yeah, Did you, so, do, do you um, have the Pegasus Zoom? Uh, well, yes, I do. So oh, well, yeah. Those shoes <laughs> that you saw in the commercial, I still have those. <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's like yeah. you said it like yeah. Well, you don't you don't have them. Doesn't everyone have the Zoom Pegasus? No, yeah, I, I have those shoes. So they're nice actually, and I usually don't run in Nikes. I, I predominantly run in Newtons, but I actually like these. These are great. So the toe box is nice and wide. There's a nice springy step to it. So it's a great training shoe. Them, yeah. Did you race in them on um on, on, on Brooklyn for the uh, for the Brooklyn 5K? Mile? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't run in those for the five k. All right. You did them for the uh, the Brooklyn Mile? Actually, no. I did my Newtons. Oh, So okay. they're, uh, the Pegasus, some people race in the Pegasus, but they're actually a training shoe. So I don't race in Nikes. I race in Newtons. Yeah, that's the, uh, oh, man. I remember when they first came out with the uh, the distance and uh -huh. those little lugs underneath. I think I, yeah. at that point they had like the four lugs. Now they probably got like five lugs underneath. I think we're, I think there's about five or six. Six. I'm running in the uh, Motion 7s now, so I, I need a stability shoe. And so, yeah, I think there are probably about six or seven on those now. But, you know, they're, they're a great shoe. I really like them. The Nikes are great, too, so I try to, you know, do this little loyalty dance. Yeah. <laughs> royalty dance. A little loyalty dance there with Nike. You know, I also run uh, with Nike for the Project Moonshot as well for our, our marathon training. It's a lot of Nike going on, too. Gotcha. I see the, the tag Moonshot. I'm like, what does it actually, uh, what does it actually mean? So Project Moonshot started um, technically last year with the 20, what are we at? 2017 marathon. So if you remember when Nike breaking two for the, for the, uh, full marathon. Yes. And they did the, uh, the run on the trial. I think it was in Germany. It was overseas. And he came in, I think he did like two hours and like 30 seconds. It was the 4% that he was running in. Yes. And mm -hmm. so that was like his moonshot. And so they decided to see what it would be like to bring that concept to mm -hmm. uh, regular runners, people who are running the marathon to see if they could break whatever their particular goals were. And so um, that's what Project Moonshot is. It's designed to help people reach whatever their particular goal is and whatever their goal marathon might be. So most people in the program are training for New York City, but we also okay. have folks that are um, in Project Moonshot that are training for Berlin. 
We have some okay. folks that are training for Chicago, of course, New York City, gotcha. and then a few in there that are also training for Philly. So it's about 200 people in Project Moonshot. And then they also have a satellite program that's done, I guess it's done virtually, they're coached virtually. But the, the live program has about 200 people. I think they had about 1,200 af- applicants, actually. So we were wow. pretty excited when we got in. So it's been it's been a great training experience. Mm-hmm. Now, James is, uh, James is training for Berlin, or is that uh, New York as well? Uh, James is training for uh, New York City. Yeah. New York City. He, okay. uh, actually, I'm sorry. He's doing Chicago and New York. So he did Berlin oh. last year. You know, James gotcha. is all over the place. Shout uh-huh. out to James Ravenel, my fan. Hey, good guy. Good <laughs> yeah. guy. And I, I, don't, I think I was watching uh, the Kevin Hart commercial. And he, he's, he's talking about he's training for Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, and it's, it's less than like two months. I mean, I think, I think, I think must, this is like a recent commercial. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he just like, decided. for America. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, the funny story is that Kevin actually ran um, past me in the New York City Marathon. So um, I know one of the guys who was pacing him for New York City last year. And so I saw him out of the corner of my eye. I said, oh, there's Kevin. So Kevin finished like a few seconds before me. I felt a way about that, but whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you should have You should have sped up. Like, I know, yeah. right? He had such a big entourage, you know, around uh-huh. him. So we finished a couple of seconds apart. But that was pretty cool to see Kevin run. So he's a strong runner. I mean, I think he did yeah. like 405 in Chicago or I mean in New York or 404, something like that. Um, yeah, you know, New York right. is a tough course, so he'll probably do much better in Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's pretty flat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chicago's pretty flat. And it's funny, I was on, maybe I did the peace tree a couple of, um, <laughs> a couple of weeks back, and... Bless you, bless you. Yeah, bless you. I, the hills. Of the I, I look hills, over, <laughs> <laughs> I look over and I see young Jeezy. I'm like, yo, that's Jeezy. Yeah, yeah, he ran. Yeah, I, I was don't like, know how okay. he did, but he ran. Yeah, he was, he, I think he, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure he finished. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. He I finished. hope he finished right because yeah. that, that that yeah that would come. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. He yes, finished. he finished. I'm sure he finished. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the mayor um the mayor did it also. I was like, okay, yeah, it's all right. It's good did. to see people getting yeah. out and, and you know and being active and and, yeah. and you know helping to promote a, a healthy uh, lifestyle. Yeah, Atlanta is no people, joke. A lot of respect to all the folks in Atlanta that are uh, listening. <laughs> My mom lives in Atlanta, so whenever I'm down there, sometimes uh, I run the Silver Comet uh, to okay. try to avoid all the hills in her neighborhood. Um, but every once in a while, <laughs> I try to trek out there and hit those hills. But they're uh, a lot of respect for Atlanta runners. Yeah, I'm going to be doing um, the Silver Comet Marathon come October. Oh, really? They have a marathon yeah. the Silver Comet? Yeah. Somebody, mm-hmm. I was just talking about somebody. Yeah, it's like, it's you know, well, you've, all, you've been on it. It's, it's like, yeah. get out of my way. It's, yeah. only, it's, only, it's like arm's length. Yeah, I did a 20 mile run. Might be a little wider. Yeah, I did a Mm -hmm. 20 mile training run when I was uh, training for um, Los Angeles. And uh, I went up from Dallas down to Smyrna. So I didn't realize there Mm. was a marathon on there, Derek. So I might have to check it out. Yeah, they say it's pretty flat. Oh, it's flat. Yeah. Yeah. So that that might be a good. um, We're we're hoping we'll see what happens. But, you know, a lot of people were were talking about using running as uh, therapy. Mm -hmm. And I know um, I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that because uh, that's actually what you're doing, you know, part of what you do in real life. Right, right. So. So, um, yeah, so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and mm -hmm. um, I have a practice here in Brooklyn, actually. Um, So I see um, individuals, couples and families. And it's interesting because um, when I started running in 2014, one of my mm-hmm. uh, sorority sisters was like, oh, you know, you should run the Brooklyn Half with me. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I don't, you know, run more than like five or six miles. 
And in the in the process of that, I was actually going through a pretty um, pretty ugly breakup with the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay. you know, I said, you know what, this might be good for me. It gives me focus, um, distracts me from a lot of the emotional stuff, gives me a plan and I can focus and I can structure. And so that's really how I started um, down that journey for that half marathon. Um, it was just a way to kind of give me a little mental uh, break and something to kind of support that process. And so I hear a lot of stories of folks who use uh, running as their therapy and, you know, I don't believe that running is therapy, but I think it can mm-hmm. be therapeutic, right? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, therapy is therapy. And if we need that, then we should definitely uh, reach out to professionals and people that can help us. But I think running really helps uh, bring a certain level of clarity and mental stability. It helps with our self-esteem, a sense of accomplishment, it gives us a sense mm-hmm. of purpose. And so I think it's great. And a lot of people that I've heard different stories, so many different reasons, and you talk to a lot of us runners, you know that everyone has their own personal story as to why they do yeah. it. I and mean, usually a lot of it is a tie to emotional things, self-esteem issues, personal accomplishment, all those things that we work on in therapy often. Gotcha. Do you think there's a, a, a stigma attached to why more folks perhaps wouldn't, uh, and particularly people of color, not reach out to a, a therapist or, you know, a licensed professional to seek yeah. help. Yeah, absolutely. I think in our community, we have a huge stigma against um, seeking out mental health services, right? So there's this connotation that if you have a therapist, then you must be crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Crazy or something's wrong with you or uh, people will judge you or think differently of you. And or, you know, you, whatever issue you have, you can just go to God and, and God can solve that problem for you. You don't need a therapist. And Amen. why would I <laughs> and why would I uh, spend my money to talk to someone when I have friends and I can do that? Right. Mm-hmm. And so particularly in our culture, we see a lot of that. Uh, stigma. And um, we're really trying to work to uh, reduce that. And that's one of the reasons why I practice, because one of the reasons why we don't go to therapy is because there are not a lot of therapists that look like us, right? Mm -hmm. So um, am I going to go to a therapist who doesn't look like me and tell them all of my issues and and maybe they won't um, appreciate some of the issues and concerns I bring to the table, especially if um, some of those issues are race-related, right? Things about, you know, just being black in America can be stressful. I mean, mm-hmm. who do I talk to about that? Do I talk to a person who looks like the people that are stressing me out? And so having a presence of therapists that look like us, I think, are important. Um, I'm starting to see, at least here in Brooklyn, a lot of the churches are embracing um, mental health services. A lot of the pastors have counseling ministries. At my church, we have a counseling ministry. What um, church that is I, that? Uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church. Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a counseling ministry and we volunteer uh, to provide uh, free counseling referrals. I've done uh, workshops for the church. So just normalizing the process of therapy, bringing a face to uh, the process, a face that looks like us. You know, I I do practice in Park Slope, Brooklyn, which is a fairly tony, wealthy neighborhood. So I have a lot of clients who don't look like me who will just come in on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and they use it like primary care, right? We use therapy sometimes as like an ER. And so for them, it's normal. Uh, For us, it's like emergent care. And so- But why do you think that is though? I think it's just normalized um, in their community. There's the stigma is just not there. There's almost an expectation that they have a therapist, right? And what's really interesting about it is that they'll come in 
And sometimes we'll just talk about basic things, but if something significant mm-hmm. happens in their lives, they already have a relationship with the therapist and they can come in and they can address it. They have a standing appointment. They know uh, mm-hmm. when they're going to be able to discuss whatever is going on in, in their life. Uh, we use it a little bit differently where we use it when, you know, relationships are falling apart, when um, we're having uh, emotional breakdowns, when uh, some of the stuff is gotten to a head and it's difficult to address. So I think a lot of it is cultural. I think a lot of it is um, just what we've been exposed to hasn't been normalized in our community for generations like it has been in other communities. Here in New York City, the, the First Lady has a uh, NYC Thrive initiative, which really okay. focuses on getting people trained in mental health training so that folks can recognize when people are having issues and how to refer them to services. Um, actually, I was at the um, Afropunk Festival uh, yesterday with my brother. Okay. He's here visiting from Atlanta, so shout out to Atlanta. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the first lady was there at the Afropunk Festival and was talking about mental health first aid. And of course, you know that's a festival that's predominantly uh, people of color that attend. And so, mm-hmm. um, and as you know, the first uh, lady is a woman of color. And so she also recognizes the importance of normalizing mental health care in our community. And I think the more that we talk about it, the less stigma um, that is there. So I think it's great that you even um, are inviting me to talk about it as we talk about running also. Yeah, I think it's in um, my my brother. He's a um, he works in mental health, mental health field. And it was it's just interesting hearing, you know, you see hearing from different walks of life. And there are not that many men. Uh, he was right. mentioning to me that you see more more women that are involved in in whether social work or therapy or mm-hmm. psychiatrists or mm-hmm. what are some of like the differences for those folks who may not know and how do you get one and do you have to be concerned that your job is going to find out and, mm-hmm. and then the you know the, everyone is yeah that's the yeah they're crazy we gotta <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't say that yeah know? yeah that's a great question so one of the things about accessing mental health care is that it can be confusing right. So I said that I'm a licensed mental health uh, marriage and family therapist. What does that mean? Um, In New York State, we have various mental health professionals. We have marriage and family therapists. We have mental health counselors. We have clinical social workers. We have psychologists. We have psychiatrists. So many times uh, people don't know where to start and who's the most appropriate person to see. And so I always tell folks, number one, make sure the person that you're seeing is licensed. Mm -hmm. Um, The main difference between the mental health professions is that if you're seeing a psychiatrist, that is a medical doctor. So that is a person who can actually prescribe medication, um, psychotropic drugs, things for depression, anxiety, et cetera. If you're looking at a psychologist or a clinical social worker or a marriage and family therapist or a mental health counselor, then those folks cannot prescribe medication. So if I have someone who's clinically depressed and we Mm -hmm. think it's appropriate for them to be on medication, then we will refer refer them them. to Mm -hmm. a psychiatrist. Okay. Yeah. And what usually happens is you'll see a psychiatrist because they're so expensive, (coughs) excuse me, for about 15 minutes. And you'll talk to a therapist anywhere between 45 to an hour per session. Okay. So, whoo. That that is that is a lot to uh, mm-hmm. to take in and, and digest. So you, you don't you don't get all that on a on a run, obviously. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> so that's why it would be uh it, it might be it might be beneficial to, to reach out to someone uh, if you're in need of a, a you know someone to talk to or absolutely. Is there is there I'm, I'm sure there must be 
if you don't have one in a um, that you can go in and see, is there uh, something that you can do virtually or? You know, it's interesting because I'm starting to notice that there are a lot of um, apps for therapy. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I have a mixed opinion on those. I think that you lose some of that personal interaction with folks. But for me, I do see clients virtually. So I can see clients online. But usually mm -hmm. what I do is I need to see them face to face first. And then gotcha. if for some reason travel or schedules uh, prohibit them from coming in the office, then we do virtual sessions through um, a HIPAA compliant online uh, therapy session. So gotcha. uh, we also want to make sure that we're not doing therapy via FaceTime and all these different apps because they're not secure. And you had asked me before about privacy and security. And so, you know, when you see a licensed professional, those sessions are confidential. Mm -hmm. So they're just like your medical records. Um, they can't be um, seen by anyone else unless you get permission. And so um, if you're doing something online where you're having these type of conversations, you want to make sure that it's over a secured Internet connection that's encrypted so that your personal information is not out there or susceptible to um, any curious onlookers who are on the Internet playing around or messing around with FaceTime or whatever. Um, yeah. And so you want to make sure those things are compliant. Um, in terms of accessing or finding a therapist, there's plenty of online listings that um, people can search to find a therapist. Um, mm -hmm. I, I list on psychologytoday.com. I list on therapy for black girls. I also list on um, the AMFT, which is the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapists. Um, and then, of course, referrals. You know, a lot of times people will ask their friends for referrals to a therapist. And those are usually the best referrals, right? Because mm -hmm. the person has a personal relationship with someone who knows that therapist or may know that therapist directly. Um, so there's various ways that you can access um, a therapist. But, you know, again, therapy is very personal. So if you meet with a therapist and there's just not a connection there, you know, then ask the therapist for another referral. When people ask me for a referral, I don't take it personal. There could be something about me that triggers something in them, right? Maybe there's an, there's uh, the way that I look reminds me of somebody in their life or maybe um, an experience that they've had um, makes it difficult for them to connect. I don't know and I don't ask, but if there is a reason why they're not comfortable or would like to explore other therapists, I tell them, continue to search until you find the one that makes you comfortable and the one that you can connect with. So that's very important. I think if they have bad experiences the first time, a lot of times people give up and I would encourage people not to do that. And then also just really quickly, you know, when we talk about using running as therapy, uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that we can kind of monitor for ourselves is that, you know, if we're having experiences of depressed mood, anxiety, and we say, you know what, let me just go out for a run and, and see if I can feel a little bit better after, after I get my runner's high. And we notice that we're doing that every day, <laughs> or we notice that each time we go out, when we come back, we're not quite feeling ourselves again, then that could be a sign that perhaps running is not meeting exactly what that need is and perhaps we might want to complement the running with a conversation mm -hmm. with someone that might be more of a professional that can give us a little bit more anxiety, uh, guidance on where some of that anxiety might be coming from, where some of those fluctuations and moods might be coming from. So, you know, if running is not solving all the world's problems for us, uh, then there may be some other things that we want to consider. So where would, thank you so much, You're Cheryl. Welcome. Where would um, folks get in contact with you if they're interested in seeking out a, a K-12 
counselor, therapist, how would they reach out to you? So uh, folks can find me on all the social media sites. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And my handle on all three of those are at Brooklyn MFT. So that's Brooklyn, M as in Mary, F as in Frank, T as in Tom. So Brooklyn MFT is uh, the link to all of my uh, professional sites. And even if, you know, someone's not in Brooklyn, they're not local to me, but they have any questions, they can feel free to message me or reach out to me. Uh, my uh, website is brooklynmft.com. Shoot me a note and I'll try to help guide people in, in the direction that they need to go the best way that I can, um, even if they're not local to Brooklyn or if they're, you know, not comfortable going with somebody that they know. I know plenty of people that I can refer them to. So I have no issue with people um, reaching out to me. And then on the running side, if folks want to follow me, they can follow me at Black Pearl Runs. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. Thanks, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Alrighty. Have a great week. You do the same now. Bye-bye.